Hi, welcome to a new episode of Beaver Pod Life. Today I've got with me Ollie King, who is super passionate about our profession and leadership and sustainability in equine practice. Hi, Ollie. Hi there, how are we doing? Good, thank you. Thanks so much for coming today. Oh, thank you, Lucy. Um, so, Ollie, you've got a really interesting sort of career pathway and and uh, and journey as to why you've come to this place that you're at. Could you just talk to us a little bit about uh, why you feel so strongly about how practices need to have a little bit of a wake-up call and think about the way they they, they work? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so it's all born out of my own experiences, um, which at the time I was in an equine role. Um, I, I began my career as a small animal equine vet, um, uh, an intern and doing a, a certificate initially, then a bit of time overseas doing equine work in Australia and Singapore. Um, came back did a bit of small animal for a bit of a, a shock while I looked for an equine role, um, back to equine for a, a good five years. And it was kind of in that time that I was having experiences that uh, held me back from wanting to fulfill my ambitions. And the environment I was working in, um, I wasn't able to kick on. I didn't feel that it was a safe place to speak up. And I felt overqualified and underutilized in my in my role um, and the communication channels between the the leadership team and the people doing the work um, it, it just wasn't there and nothing was showing any signs of changing and it was at the time when the profession was labeling lots of challenges as a retention recruitment crisis which from my own experience and I think that of which was coming out from surveys just left right and center around that 2016 2018 kind of time point they all asked the same questions just framed a different way or different options to say which are your priorities or greatest stresses or challenges but simply workplaces weren't um, providing the cultures or the environments where people could be themselves and belong, fulfill their ambitions and just be the person who they wanted to be at work. And there's and those different conflicting priorities, which will be different for different people. If it's flexible working, if it's parent, if it's more focused on the well-being, for some it's salary, some it's career progression and I wasn't getting any performance management out of it. It's all different. But people workplaces aren't creating those relationships between everyone in there to really get the most out of people and there's so much underutilized potential I feel because of that and then that risks people potentially leaving the profession for the wrong reasons not because they don't love the the work they do or they're committed to it. it it just it's not the right environment for them and it becomes too hard and so I wanted to create a a platform that celebrated all of the best cultures uh, to make it more easy for people to make more informed decisions where they found uh, work to find the right workplace for them. And that would also give a way for workplaces to say, not all workplaces are the same. It talks to the pains of this may be your experience. This is what we offer. And this is how we support you to be the best version of yourself. Um, and so in doing that through Meraki, um, we hope to help raise cultural awareness and inspire and strengthen that leadership that's very much needed in the profession to address the well-being and the, the sustainability of our workforce. 
And so what, what would you see specifically to equine, what would you see as the most common causes of things just not working out between employer, employee, you know, teams feeling a bit disillusioned or individuals feeling like the, the workplace isn't fitting, but they don't know what to do about it. What are those kind of most common factors that you could pull out from what you've seen? Well, from, from my experience, when I, when I was doing equine work, I'm, I'm back, I'm more doing small animal work just, just now and occasional equine locums still. Um, for me, it was certainly the career development piece and it was a bit of an us and them versus ambulatory versus those in the, in the hospital. Um, and, Whenever someone was the hospital uh, senior clinicians was off off uh, work, the hospital would just be a ghost town, and it was just such an unsustainable or not very efficient business model that why would you not want to upskill and support and grow the strength of everyone there? Um, and so, h- holding on to that kind of gold standard this is how we how we do things um which is which is fine but it had just has to be an appropriate level of care and creating a a a barrier to others coming in who have a lot of experience to give um and they may evolve their skills to be in line with how those in the hospital would like to do things absolutely so for me that part was was there um the challenge for sustaining client demands for that continuity of care particularly is just getting harder and harder with less um uh with the human resources of people wanting more flexible working um people not wanting to work um all hours of the day, which equine generally the hours are a little bit longer. Um, so being able to uh, meet the expectations of your clients and keep your people happy at the same time um, is getting just increasingly harder from from what I uh, from the impression that I had then and still feel now from speaking to practices. Nothing seems to have changed in that. Um, even in in practice there was always from a business conflict there was always a bit of a dog eat dog undercutting practices down the road kind of thing which is just shooting everyone in in, in the foot everyone wants to charge uh just a, a fair salary professional service for for their fees and you have and that has to um be honored by the practice within the challenges of economic um, difficulties for clients and wanting to provide a service so you can look after the welfare of these of these animals but you running a business is expensive and if you're constantly undercutting for the wrong reasons then you can't invest in employing the extra support staff that you need to do things more efficiently or to upgrade the buy that new piece of equipment um, or improve just salaries generally if that's needed because that hasn't been addressed for for a while this uh, that part is always and destructive to that business model for ambulatory practice um but but generally as well for across the profession the that relationship and the trust and open personable relationships between the senior leadership teams and all individuals across job roles and being a safe place where an employer 
the leader is aware of sentiment within their practice, knowing what they need to be doing more of, being clear on their, on the strengths that they do, um, and just having that kind of strategic direction where they're able to take their take a step back out of working in the business and be able to really see the the challenges that they're facing to work on the business and that is just also just getting impossibly difficult for time prioritization feeling busy just doing stuff not necessarily prioritizing the right activity and until that as a kind of leadership framework and internal communication piece is is addressed everyone is just going to be firefighting and nothing is meaningfully going to change so the whole behaviors as to how people and teams come together to to build those environments where people love to work um is it's it's a real challenge but from the difficulties of where the profession is at at the moment um i, I don't know how it can get and how it can get any worse before it is starting to be prioritized. So I hope the work that I do with Meraki is an, another nudge for that, that the rewards from this that show that not all workplaces are the same, this is how we support you, it then positively raises cultural awareness to then help show there is a better way to do things. And even if that the end result is slightly um, a bit ambiguous and it's um, two people are still too focusing on bottom line or how is this going to actually help? Just try something. If one of your team members has got a great idea that they think uh, resonates with some of their other uh, colleagues that they've been talking about, um, you haven't got time to do a new initiative, but you've got someone coming to you, oh, why don't we try this? amazing just let them run with it empower your people to design the workplace where they want to work remove that command and control management that is utterly disengaging uh fueling um and yeah just empower your people to um help you run your business because if you keep them happy and they love what they do where they do it and especially who they do it with that will, your attention will absolutely soar, your employee advocacy will absolutely, absolutely soar, and that's the whole employer brand, that the good workplaces will always have people queuing up, waiting to find out when you're next recruiting. And that's the competitive advantage that needs to happen for just any business, whatever, veterinary or non-veterinary, but that is what the good workplaces do. And that is the kind of ethos of clearly the BVAs, good veterinary workplace guide it aligns with the structure of the leadership framework of how the meraki workplace profiles are laid out that it's what does our employee experience look like what do we offer as a workplace why would someone consider working for us over someone else and until you get very clear on what it is you offer and what you're culture translates as into different behaviors and feelings that your people feel as a person in their career in their life in feeling cared for the whole strength of people being loyal to your organization is going to be somewhat fragile and uncertain so there's no 
there's no shortcut to building relationships and you do need to put yourself out there to be vulnerable and prioritize the time to come together um but it's it's, it's exciting and uh, i hope some of the passion that i have for wanting to help make the profession a better place to work uh, is is coming through a little bit yeah no it absolutely is and i think that's that's sort of really valuable sort of thing there is being a bit more humble isn't it from both employees oh, yeah. And yeah. Side, you know being a bit more transparent accepting that there's, there's there will be weaknesses in everyone's businesses um, and in, and with, within ourselves as leaders or as, you know, employees. So it's kind of identifying and communicating with the rest of the business and the rest of the workplace, how, you know, how those strengths and weaknesses can be addressed. So if for a practice maybe that's established, they need to change something, you know, whether that's they've been advertising and they're getting no applicants or whether it's that there's a high turnover of staff or whatever, what would your advice be to them? You know, they know there's an issue. What what would be the sort of classic areas that they need to perhaps try and infect change to try and resolve those problems that they might be suffering from in terms of recruitment, retention? Um, again, I wouldn't keep focus it on the re- recruitment retention mm-hmm. piece. I would focus it back on better understanding your status quo and... Yes, you may know you have a problem, but articulating in precise language and understanding what the actual problem is, yeah. I think is is a bit of a gulf. And there only may not be the nuances of how it impacts a particular person because of a challenge that they may have outside or conflicting priority outside. So until you engage and you part of the work we do is helping measure the employee experience whether you call it an engagement survey a practice culture survey our employee experience survey until you understand your strengths and weeks from your people's perspective everything is just shooting yourself or just you're shooting in the dark really and once you can have be clear on the challenges that your people face you can then be a bit clearer on how far you are doing to soften and ease those challenges faced by your people to know if you're doing enough. Is it reasonable that your people are giving you this feedback? Is it more an, uh, uh, a rapport building exercise to, to say to your people, we do X, Y, Z for you. Um, hopefully that is more than enough but just reminding people that you are there to to support them as best you can and then from that but you may get learning that there's something that you can do or from that someone might have a great idea as i say and it's like empower them to do that reward people for helping take initiative to support the 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 bigger team um and coming together to what do you want your work what do you want to be different about your workplace within all of this and particularly for 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 equine the it is a, a business model that is a challenge for the flexibility piece and for client demands for wanting that continuity of care which yeah. is almost just unsustainable for it has been unsustainable for a long time and it impose it 
it projects the challenges of that onto the well-being of the individual it always has done um but in particular now where the people just aren't in work to be able to offer that service i think business being leaders being compassionate on themselves and saying seeing what that education piece for managing client expectations while of course having the processes in place that is going to ensure cases are handed over well between shifts which inefficiently unfortunately takes time out of someone's someone's day and it's not to mean that someone has a at work an extra two hours away from seeing clients just to hand over it has to be integrated efficiently so that um, the client still has a great service and their their horse or their pony is constantly um has a plan forward um so that, that the coming together of how can we do things more efficiently when our resources are stretched that then help people align with how they want to work and getting work done efficiently in a cost-effective manner i think is is an area that uh untapped potential for really helping create more leaders in your team and allowing people to step up um so i i think there's yeah there's lots lots of potential there's lots of exciting conversations that that can have and it's a beautiful word that the humble leaders that do engage their people in this process will always have a competitive advantage and their people will always be more loyal to those employers for feeling that they've got their back yeah and they're being involved yeah and i think you're right i think certainly efficiency is a really key area in equine practice that comes up a lot doesn't it with um you know where it perhaps isn't being maximized or, or or done done as well as it can be and the more efficient the practice is that's better for the business and also it helps people feel like they're getting through their day you know in a satisfactory way you get more satisfaction don't you of course of, of course it is if you can touch and have an impact on more animals or doing what, whatever it is you like to do if you move into more leadership or help improve people's job a lot uh and their fulfillment that's that's amazing uh feeling that uh, and sense of achievement and accomplishment um and but it's uncertain times and in trying something different Yes, of course, in measuring something, just like any kind of context of clinical governance, quality improvement, you kind of need to have a bit of an uh, an earmark on what it is you're going to measure. Um, and it doesn't have, and ultimately bottom line might be something you'll measure eventually, but you may need to measure employee sentiment or the number of times people are off sick or people getting lunch or people feeling like their day ran smoothly. There's lots of little things to potentially try and measure along the way to know that any changes that you are making are having a positive difference. But you need to trust the process because some of these transitions and changes that will be done ultimately to yes improve the bottom line but you're doing it to improve the environment that your people work in and you trust that and you do that and the bottom line then then follows but you've got nothing to lose from just giving something a go so don't shut down ideas be open-minded be humble listen to your people more than that ask your people um and create these workplaces where everyone loves to work and we do that nudge that along day by day 
practice by practice. That is how I see creating a profession that people still are passionate, want to be part of. Oh, that's a really nice sentiment. And I think you're exactly right. I think, you know, from what you're saying, you're saying people need to be brave. They need to listen. Um, and then they need to talk as well. They need to discuss things between them and involve the whole team, which is, yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm so obvious, but I wonder how much. It... But it's a time part, isn't it? it? It's that time part. But unless you prioritise those relationships um, and moving away, we're such, it's such a digital world, isn't it? We live through our phones, but that connection piece, and obviously that's what came out of, of covid and people missed missed that um and we're just a species that uh, is is here to that longs for, for connections and there's always that um maslow's hierarchy of needs where kind of food and shelters at the the foundation of it um which is fine if you're in a a caveman living without a society but for the most part in a developed western world everyone has that bit nailed um and the bottom foundation for most people is that relationship and that worth and that strength of connection that interdependence and feeling part of something bigger than themselves um you give that to people it's amazing if you if they don't have that then that's when people's well-being really suffers the engagement goes down um and yeah that's not a great place to do to do business so show you care um, be courageous, just try something, be positive, be open-minded. Yeah. And, uh, let's, let's work, come together to make this profession great. Reap the rewards. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ollie, for your no, time. Thank you, Lucy. That's some fantastic food for thought. And I think everyone listening could, you know, whatever their position is within their practice could take something back from that and, uh, and hopefully implement it immediately you know all of those things apply to us all <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and, and give bosses a, no one comes to work to do a bad job so um there's always a school of thought that there's no such thing as a bad boss so if something's not working for you um running a business is hard it is really hard so but just reach out you got a su suggestion that's going to help or just engage in a discussion um see see what you can do to meet them halfway and uh, it's not just leadership asking there's also offering feedback as well if it feels safe to do so so yeah uh, it's yeah have fun and uh yeah i, I look to hear about it and hope to see lo lots of your uh, members at beaver conference in september yeah fantastic yeah ollie you'll be there won't you and, yeah absolutely yeah yeah if anyone wants to go and chat to ollie a bit more about this um he'll be there at his stand thank you so much for your time today ollie i really enjoyed it lucy have a nice day see you later Take care. <laughs> bye bye, bye.